Uninspired to talk about other Simpsons, I would like to briefly talk about uh, a character and a couple of episodes from very, very recent Simpsons that I uphold as really good um, and exemplary of the fact that The Simpsons is not always terrible now. Uh, in present day and sometimes it can be quite great um, even you know within its new world of super high def animation and um, endless parade of celebrity voices that seem forced into the scripts and blah 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 um, I like the Valentine's Day episode which aired February 2013, th sorry, February 10th, 2013, um, episode number 520. It was called Love is a Many Splintered Thing, uh, and it was a love story between Bart and his sometime girlfriend, Mary Spuckler, who is Cletus and Brandine's daughter, one of the, like, 50 kids that they have and live with in their shack. Voiced by Zoe Deschanel, who is, I think, most of you would agree, a very likable actress and um, really, really shines here, I think. She's a songwriter and she writes songs for The Simpsons as, you know, to be performed in her role as Mary Spuckler, which really fit right in with the program. Uh, this one was the one where Bart is sort of being Woody Allen. You know, he's he's telling the whole thing in flashback from the future. The supposed future where he is dressed like Woody Allen. And um, at one point at the end, Lisa walks on and she is dressed like Diane Keaton in Annie Hall. <laughs> and that is a very funny gag to see her, uh, you know, clad in round glasses and a vest and you know you know what I'm talking about um it manages to be quite funny like very packed with jokes uh Mary is a musician and she's the only talented one of the Buckler kids sort of like the great white hope of uh or, or white trash hope as the case may be of the split the Buckler clan um and this episode revolves around her sort of becoming a star. She goes to the hillbilly talent competition where there are, you know, there are funny acts like a woman and a turtle play together and, you know, stuff like that. Uh, 
And since Bart is not being nice to her, she goes off with a kid samba musician, Brazilian kid. And she and the Spuckler kids later perform like a hillbilly samba, which is amazing. This like, you know, room full of toothless kids and a mule all playing the song together, which Zoe Deschanel wrote. Um, and the mule has maracas in his mouth. It's, hey, it's great. They're like, you know, playing the washboard, but it's a, a slow, beautiful samba tune. Um, I always enjoy jokes about Cletus and his family. I guess jokes about being hillbillies are funny to me. I don't, I'm not sure why. Uh, but the thing that makes me laugh a lot whenever I see it is, uh, well, a couple things. But the thing that makes me laugh most is when Cletus and Brandine call the kids in to dinner. And of course, there's like 50 kids, so they're spread out across the countryside and you see a montage of all the different ways, sort of situations that the kids were in before dinner time. And one of them <laughs> comes up out of the lake with catfish on, on both of his hands. Uh, let's see, one of them comes out of a cornfield where he's been working as a scarecrow. Uh, one of them crawls out of a discarded refrigerator that's in the backyard. <laughs> and there are a couple more. It's They had a lot of fun with that. Uh, and let's see. Mary can blow through a blade of grass like it's a trumpet. You know, she's... Bart pays her a compliment saying like, oh, no one can blow through a blade of grass like you. And she's like, oh, thank you, Bart. You know, she has this really sweet, like, husky southern accent. Um, and she picks up a blade of grass that's in a, like, a music carrying case, like a clarinet would be or something like that. And she blows through it and it sounds like a trumpet. Uh, you know, you know what I'm talking about. I think it's really beautiful. There is another uh, earlier episode, I think, in the season before called Moonshine River, which I think is a great title that also features Mary and treats Bart's romance with her. And that's the one where the Simpsons return to New York because Bart has gone after her because she moved to New York to be a star. You can see that that is uh, the hallmark of her character, that she's slipping through his fingers even when he's 10 years old. And I like that one too. So there. Uh, this has been Simpsons Time. I am joined on the phone today by Nate the K, host of Burn It Down on WFMU. Hi. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good. How was your show today? 
It was good. It was actually, yeah, it was great. I've been, I've been on a hot streak. I've been, I think I've done, you know, I haven't uh, taken a break in some time. Awesome. So that's, just, it's, that's very good for your state of mind when you get totally yeah, right. obsessed with your radio show. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, we, you and I are going to talk today a little bit about the Simpsons and religion. Um, yeah. Specifically Reverend Lovejoy, but, you know, all different other things that relate to religion on The Simpsons. Um, yeah, I, in your research, was there something in particular that you that you came away with? Well, I mean, I have always been fascinated by the way that religion is treated on the show, simply because I'm because I think it undercuts sort of any conservative criticism of the show about it being, you know, anarchic and its values. And when when you watch The Simpsons enough, you realize that religion and a traditional system of what is right and wrong you know, a, a biblical system of what is right and wrong combined with the, just this general notion of, like, a spiritual quest in life. All of those things are treated as good and, you know, healthy, and and they're supported on the show to, to a degree that, you know, if you just took it purely at face value, if people just explained to you the fact that, like, you know, Homer doesn't go to church on Sunday and literally burns. Yeah, right, exactly. You, you, would, you would think the show was itself some sort of conservative messaging system. <laughs> That's right. You know? And I just find that fascinating because I think that, you know, this instance is a show that is critical of all of our institutions across the board, but it, it is not, like, inherently anti-religion. No, I don't think it is either, and... I I mean, in the episode that you talk about, Homer the Heretic, which I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, you have to talk about when you talk about the Simpsons and religion. Um, what's so great about it is that there's room to criticize religion, but then there's also room to, you know, albeit in a very tongue-in-cheek way, have him suffer the consequences really gravely, you know, for right. committing this thing that's a sin in the eyes of whatever, the Christian God. Mm-hmm. A god that, by the way, is also depicted on The Simpsons. You know, a lot. I mean, God is like you know one one. He's like you know part of The Simpsons universe, literally and figuratively. You know. Yeah, I know. It is. It's really. Uh, it's it. It is a very uh, hard thing to approach, and I applaud The Simpsons, the early Simpsons, for doing it in such an all-inclusive way. You know, I mean, it's... Yeah. Of course it will offend the people who are similar to Ned Flanders in real life, but most church-going people, you know, most people who do believe in God find a lot of things right with it, you know, that are non-offensive, that are, that sort of must ring true. Right. I mean, that's, yeah, no, that, that, that sort of brings up a good point that, you know, you had just said earlier that there's plenty of room for criticism, and it's not as if the Simpsons doesn't do that. But what I've always seen it doing is it's critical of, you know, sort of maybe religion as a bureaucratic institution. It's critical of the hypocrisy within religion. And I would say that it's, it's 
playfully critical of the sort of superstitions that one could argue religion are all based on, but never in a way that's like, you know, if you have faith in these things for whatever reason, and it's helping you get through life, that's okay. You know, we're not going to brutally mock you for that, even if some of these things are obviously a little bit absurd on an intellectual level. Right. It's like, it's, it's imperfect, but what out there is perfect, you know? Springfield is a perfect illustration of something that is deeply flawed in every way. Right. Right. Um, Yeah. Any thoughts? Oh, oh, yeah, go ahead. Well, you had mentioned, you know, how it could potentially be offensive to people who, you know, hold those same beliefs as Ned Flanders. I don't know if you've heard about this, but like Ted Cruz is like a Simpson fanatic. I didn't know that. That's great. Yeah. And he, there's this video of him that I, I would say watch with caution because you might not be able to watch The Simpsons for a while after it, oh, where boy. he does a string of impersonations of various characters. Oh, no. Yeah. And, and I mean, he's obviously quite good at the uh, Flanders impressions, <laughs> unsurprisingly. But, you know, I don't know if that's, I don't know what that says about the show and the show's evolution, but. I mean, you know. does he <laughs> like it when they portray the Republican Party as, <laughs> as uh, you know headquartered like to, in I a spend, in a uh, castle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I try to spend as much, I, I try to spend as little time as possible listening to that man or looking at him. So I really couldn't say the details of his fandom, but I thought that was sort of funny. That is wild. Yeah, yeah. Any thoughts about Reverend Lovejoy as a character? Well, yeah, I was I, I was thinking about that actually just before I called, and I actually I really like Reverend Lovejoy as a character a lot because I don't know I mean it, there's a lot to him you know like he's not you know he's 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 the the Reverend he's the the highest you know sort of religious figure in Springfield but he's like there's like these two aspects to him that I really love and one is that he's as I, I mentioned earlier the Simpsons is sort of critical of you know sort of church politics and church bureaucracy and he is the, the representative figure of that I mean, he's like a bureaucrat through and through he knows like all these obscure bible verses but he's also sort of managing all those sort of like you know those weird like christian church clubs and things right and like you know all these like substratas of parishes and then at the same time he's also like so clearly just like defeated too like he senses this sort of, like, spiritual vacuum in society. And even though he, like, won't quit, there's, like, this weariness to him that I just love. He's like a postal worker, you know, but in this, in, in the, you know, in the in the post office of, you know, God or whatever, if you will. He is, yeah. I, I think that's my favorite aspect of his character, that he has a diminished joy that he takes from life, you know, and it's all as a result of being uh, the reverend of this town. You know, he's he has a really hard job and people don't really appreciate him that much. So right. he just goes and is butthurt and uh, looks at his trains. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's oh, just, I love his train set. <laughs> it's, it is it is very sad. And I feel like I, I am not uh, a religious person, Um but I grew up going to religious schools, and I got to know some uh, 
pastors in my time. And I feel like I've met people like Reverend Lovejoy, you know, like they really care or, you know, at least they started out caring. And then, you know, midway through their career or their life, uh, it, it, their, um, their joie de vivre is, is kind of dimmed and they become more like a public school teacher, you know, who, whose kids don't yeah. like them that much, you know, it's <laughs> right. No, that's yeah. very true. Um, I like the, I think, um, I think it really comes, Lovejoy's, uh, disaffectedness really comes to the fore in, um, in Marge, we trust when she becomes the listen lady and she sort of breathes new life into the, um, the congregation because finally somebody cares because, uh, Reverend Lovejoy has stopped caring. Well, I believe that has like perhaps the greatest commentary on religion in any episode in the show. I think this is that episode, correct me if I'm wrong, where Ned calls and, Ned is like sort of just like he he continually pesters the reverend, and he says, "Ned, perhaps you should try one of the other major religions. They're all pretty much They're the all, same." Yes, yes, exactly. And it's, yeah, he's not I, wrong. That's, that's, <laughs> no, I mean it's 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 perfect. It, it's just, it's it's succinct, a, a commentary on you know sort of more absurd elements of you know denominational religion I've ever heard, you know. And there's another I recently watched. It's a, it's a later episode, and it's not a great episode, but it has a few amusing aspects to it where Homer and Bart want to convert to Catholicism because oh, yeah. Homer loves, yeah, it's like Homer loves the idea of, you know, anything you do being quickly absolved by going to confession, and Bart loves the like violence of of the stories of saints. Yeah, <laughs> and and Marge gets like genuinely worried, which I think is another sort of in and of itself is, is a criticism of again this sort of like intra religious um, bickering and stuff, where you know she she just thinks it's like a step too far, and that that they're sort of you know whatever brand of Christianity they are, which is some sort of amalgam of, like, post-Reformation Methodist Protestant, you know, just... Yeah, sort of as there. bland that, as possible, right? Yeah. <laughs> that that's, that's okay, but Catholicism is a bridge too far, and Bart says something to the effect of, like, people, it's all Christianity, the stupid little differences are nothing compared to the big stupid similarities. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was another uh, just hit it on the nose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even though even religions other than Christianity are the same as Lovejoy said. Right. Well, that's the thing too. I mean, you know, it's like you know, like, and it's not as if Springfield is. Yeah, it's like you know, uh, Apu is is a practicing Hindu, and Lisa, you know, becomes interested in Buddhism, and we find out that apparently, though Lenny and Carl go to church, I guess, like every week with the rest of the town, they're also. They are also They're like closet Buddhists. Buddhists, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then Mo is a snake handler. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> I was born a snake handler, I'm gonna die. <laughs> yeah, I I guess the last um thing to really come away with vis a vis the Simpsons and religion is that 
the Simpsons go to church and people in Springfield go to church. Like the Reverend Lovejoy from the very beginning of the series has been established as a very big part of the community. And mm-hmm. it's it's quaint in a way. You know, in a lot of ways, Springfield is not like the U.S. of today. It's like the U.S. of 50 years ago. Um, right. When already, you know, church attendance was was starting to falter. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, yeah, it, it is sort of a sleepy little town that's a little bit of an anachronism. But I, I find it really interesting that people in Springfield do go to church and it's treated as no big deal at all. You know, it's just what, what right. you do. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that's a really good point. And, and, and it is, it is, uh, it does have that sort of nostalgic aspect to it in that, like, a lot of the community functions are through and around the church as well. Like, you yeah. know, like, they have, like, the church casino night or something like that. And, you know, <laughs> and like, Helen Lovejoy, you know, is, 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 you know, she's the reverend's wife, and she's also, you know, sort of the town gossip. And they definitely use it, to, yeah, to, to sort of construct this, um, you know, it's sort of like this fun house mirror-ish image of, like, you know, the... Yeah, like the classic small town American community or whatever. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I just, I, I also just think, like in general, though, some of the best jokes on the show, just through the years, and not even that, like on a particular episode about religion, but just so much of the best humor, I think, happens when they're at church or they're leaving church or they're debating whether to go to church and like the whole episode with Bart selling his soul. I mean, you could argue to what degree that's about religion specifically, but it does have, you know, the spiritual quality to it. And there's just, you know, the whole thing takes place at Sunday school. And, and, you know, it's, it's, I think, you know, you, when you watch, when you look at the show, it, it really like, however, I have no idea. I mean, I, you know, I'm not religious myself, but I find these topics interesting. And clearly the writers of the show are interested to some degree in these questions as well, even if, you know, they themselves have no religious affiliation or believe in God or whatever, you know. Yeah, they seem they to use, not yeah. have, I've, I don't really know their lives at all, but they right. seem to have not a lot of skin in the game, but at the same time, they want to treat it sensitively, which I right. I really right. respect. I think that's really great. Um, yeah. But then also there are like really blasphemous things that happen that I oh, sure. I almost wonder if they just do it to to test the censors, you know, like, right, right? Like when Homer and Marge, like when the Simpsons family go to live in the church for a little while because they oh right they're offered the deed to the church because they sue the church. Oh right, because Homer sues the church and yeah. then he turns it into like his like. Like his rec room. He's like having a kegger and and pouring beer into the communion chalice. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a great scene where they're like in the parking lot and they're partying, and Carl just starts like bowing down before like a goat or something like that. Oh yeah, like, like a, a hunting cow. trophy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like literally, you know, like worshiping a false idol right. on church property. Flanders with the binoculars is counting all of yeah. the sins. Like they've basically breaking broken all of the Ten Commandments. Um, yeah. So. Cool. Well, I think that's all we have time for. Is there any? Are there any oh, yeah, final no, thoughts? Fine. That. That's great. No, uh, no. I think I'm pretty much. You know, I, I, I've gotten my thoughts out there. I, I appreciate. <laughs> I've always loved being a part of Sim, 
time. You're like an integral part. You were uh, oh, well, here you. from the very beginning. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's great. It's a great podcast, <laughs> and it's a great part of your show. Well, you're Happy too to kind. Um, may the Lord shine upon you and uh, <laughs> smile Thank upon you. all of your activities. And yeah, have a wonderful, blessed Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. This is Sunday. How appropriate. All right, Nate. I'll talk to you later. Yep, sounds great. Bye. Thank you for joining me for Simpsons Time Through the Debigulator. There will be a new Simpsons Time Through the Debigulator along next week. So I hope that you listen then as well. My name is Amanda Nazario. If you would like more uh, content created by me, you can always listen to my show Nazario Scenario which is mostly music and a tiny bit of Simpsons that happens every Wednesday on Give the Drummer Radio from WFMU and the archives are accessible if you go to wfmu.org slash playlists slash an thank you for listening bye